Welcome to Gapology Radio with authors Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. We can be reached at gapology.org and our books can be found on Amazon.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Brian Brockhoff and I'm here along with Mark Tinas and we're here to talk to you today about Gapology. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Brian. Cold outside. Yeah, definitely. It's Minnesota. Typical Minnesota. Rainy. <laughs> definitely cold. Well, we're really excited to share with all of you um, our discoveries around Gapology, where it came from, what it means, and we've had some terrific success working with uh, several business leaders, and uh, we're here to really t- kind of talk you guys through that. So. so we're excited to share Gapology with everyone. You know, Gapology started just as a curiosity that we had around winning. How do winning leaders consistently win? How do they beat the rest of us? And how can we replicate winning? Uh, are winning leaders born? Or can we develop them, you know, from within our organizations? And then ultimately, what are the behaviors of winning leaders? You know, can we cull down winning into a set of things that we can teach everybody so that everybody can win? And uh, we accomplished that, so we're very proud of it. So for those of you that are new to Gapology, this is likely going to be a pretty significant podcast. You probably want to take some notes. We're going to give you some stuff that can totally change your leadership today. Starting right away. Things that you can start applying immediately when you're done with this podcast. Exactly. So let's, let's start uh, at the beginning. That's a good place to start, right? So um, what, where, where did Gapology come from? Uh, we're, let's walk through that. Yeah, so we were fortunate enough to have a big organization. So we had hundreds and hundreds of leaders. So the first thing we did was we split the sample size into two groups, well, three groups, and two that we looked at. So we took the upper 10% of performers and called them the A group. And we really wanted to know that they're the winning leader group, the A group. We wanted to know how they did it and what they do. We then took the bottom 10% called them the C group, and they were the outliers on the bottom, those that were not performing. And Gapology came from the comparison of the A group and the C group, the upper 10% with the bottom 10%. We left that middle alone, the 80% in the middle. Sorry about that for those of you that fall into that group. We left you alone. We were most interested in the contrast between the A and the C. And the great thing that we did was we interviewed those leaders and their teams. And the amazing thing is that the teams knew a lot more about the winning leaders and the not winning leaders than the leaders themselves, right? The team sees every behavior of the leader. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah. (laughs) As leaders, we're always under a microscope and our our team sees everything we do. They see everything we don't do. But uh, it, it was amazing. So let me tell you about these interviews. So not only did we talk to the leader, as I said, but we talked to the teams. And what we wanted to know is what they thought their role was. That was fascinating. So same position, you're in an, on the A team, same position, you're on the C team. They viewed their roles totally differently. It was amazing. So we started learning right from the beginning. So we also wanted to know 
what they thought was important and what the expectations were of the role. And wow, what a, what a fascinating conversation that was. So we're going to share a lot about that. And then we wanted to observe the teams in action. So observe them doing their role, whatever that role would be. And again, see the difference between the A team, the A group, and the C group. And, uh, and that's where we found Gapology. It was, it was pretty amazing. So we talked to the leaders and their teams, and our focus was, uh, you know, was their performance and, and their expectations and their role. Yeah, and Mark, uh, you know, maybe we need to uh, really describe what winning means. You know, we use that term a lot, uh, winning leaders, winning teams. So, so how, would, how would you describe, you know, what winning really truly means? Yeah, what, what we decided was to just keep it simple. So uh, organizations have expectations uh, of leaders, and so we just went with that. So in this case, uh, we had a sales expectation, and there was an expectation of growing your sales. There was an expectation of growing your profit. There was an expectation around customer satisfaction. There was an expectation around team satisfaction. So we actually surveyed the team. And then there were measures of productivity uh, of the team. So we took those five things, and that's where we developed this upper 10% group really stand out and this bottom 10% group that really stood out, and we compared them. And so our definition of winning was exactly what the organization expected the definition of winning to be. Yeah, and uh, it would really kind of stink to be in that bottom C group, right? Well, you know, there's hope for the bottom C group. There is hope because with Gapology, they can get out of that. And I'll tell you, we have many examples of C leaders and C teams that emerge from that group to become A. And not all of them, but they, they can do it. And uh, with Gapology, uh, they, they can uh, move to the B rather quickly and uh, potentially with the right leadership, the right mindset, they can move to the A. Yeah, and we even have a few examples of people who really almost instantly skipped over that B level. They went right, to C, right from C right to A because they became aware of the power that they had to make those choices. I often say that we found many A leaders in the C weeds hiding for whatever reason. Right. And they emerge and they become they become something totally different so but the um the, the thing i would tell you at the at the conclusion of these of these interviews is that the gap between the a and the c which we knew existed was behavioral and it was massive and the good news is because it was behavioral you can change it you can change it so the c can become the a they have to want to they have to want to uh, and uh, we, had, we had a number of examples where you might have a C leader that goes away. C leaders are underperformers, so they may get fired, they may get written up and get frustrated and quit. You know, but for whatever reason, a C leader goes away. When they get replaced with an A leader, guess what happens? The team improves. The team becomes A. Right. They don't become B, they become A. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that for a minute, that means the team is not the issue. It's the leader. The reason they're C is the leader. Change the leader and you change everything. Right. And we've even seen examples where the opposite happens, where the A leader gets promoted, moved on, whatever, uh, and then a, a different leader gets put in, maybe a C leader, and then that team instantly stops performing. Because again, it's all back to the key is really the leader. Yeah, the leader matters most. The leader matters most. So when you accept that leadership role, 
you are accepting a significant role and you will determine the destiny of that team. So every individual on that team, their performance will be affected by you, the leader. So don't accept that role unless you're willing to step up and accept that responsibility. Okay, Mark, why don't we uh, describe Gapology? What is Gapology? Um, what's the definitions? How do we break it all down? Yeah, so here's what we found from the winning leaders, what we learned from the winning leaders. Um, they close the knowledge gap with their teams. So Gapology is made up of three gaps, knowledge, imp importance, and action. And the first thing that the winning leaders taught us was that they close the knowledge gap with their teams. So what that means is their teams know what to do and how to do it. There were really no gaps in the A group in the knowledge area. When you get to the C group, it was significant. Often the teams did not know what to do or how to do it, and that caused the lowered performance. So the A group leaders were adamant that there would be no knowledge gaps. So that, that was a game changer. It's the biggest gap. The knowledge gap's the biggest gap, and it's a game changer because what it does is it gives the team uh, a significant amount of confidence and it also creates satisfaction at the end of the day. You know, when you, when, you, when you know how to do your job and you do it well, yeah, at the end of the day you say, you know, job well done. I feel good about my day. It was significant. Uh, when you don't have that, it causes you to feel sort of, you know, hollow at the end of the day. And that's what creates the higher turnover uh, often in the, in the C group, you know, with the teams. Right. The, the knowledge gap is really all about creating competence and confidence. So competence is really building skills and knowledge and that's exactly what, what the knowledge gap, closing the knowledge gap is all about. Um, once you build that competence, then that creates confidence in the team. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to look at it. So the second, uh, the second gap that we learned from the winning leaders was the, was the importance gap. And the importance gap is knowing why something matters and knowing when it must be done. And it's a prioritization piece as well. And um, the, when we interviewed the teams of the, of the A group, of the A leaders, it was amazing how they knew why their role mattered and why exceeding expectations mattered. So it was significant to them. So once again, we found that the A group had no gaps in importance. They knew what mattered. The other interesting thing that we found was that the A leaders had a very narrow set of expectations. They didn't have a hundred things that they expected. They generally had three, and we always laughed because it, it, it often narrowed to three. And when you have three expectations, you can hit it out of the park. When you have 50, you can't. <laughs> right. And, yeah, no, and or hard. if the expectations change every day, uh, you can't win. So part of the key to winning and if you hear me say nothing else other than this today, this is big. Have a very narrow set of expectations that your team absolutely understands and is bought into. And it's a total game changer. You can win at three things in a significant way. So the, the winning leaders, again, the A group, had no gaps in importance. And you contrast that again with the C group. They were confused. They did not know what mattered. Uh, they were not clear at all. And we view that this was one of the most significant things that we learned. Um, the other thing is these gaps do seem to be sequential. So we saw the winning leaders tend to close the knowledge gap first, 
and close the importance gap sequentially either along with it or right in behind it. And, and when the two married up, it, it, was, it was great because that in and of itself moved the team to action. And one of the big differences between the A group and the C group is that the leaders of the A group moved their teams to action uh, very quickly. And the C group was prone to inaction. And uh, that didn't work. That doesn't drive results. Inaction does not drive results. Mm -hmm. It's not a good thing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Mark, uh, you know, and so with some of the, the teams that we've worked with, how the leader's behavior really tr truly creates that importance versus what they say is important. Yeah, you know, the teams watch everything a leader does, and the A leaders model a behavior that they expect of their team. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the C group acts like it doesn't matter. Uh, an example would be we, we saw the C leaders routinely walk by customers without engaging yet preach to the team that nothing matters other than the customer and make sure you engage the customer. Yet when they're on the floor, they walk by the customer and, and ignore them. So not good. The team sees that. They know there's no expectation there. Whereas the A leaders were adamant about modeling a behavior that they expected their team then to, to carry forward. So then last we have the action gap. <clears throat> yeah, and the action gap is, uh, is the toughest gap. Um, it's, uh, it, it really tests your managerial courage. So the action gap is where it, where it all comes together. So this is about actually taking action and taking the right action. And uh, what we observed in the behavior of the A group here was a team that was highly productive. They had pride. They took satisfaction in their work. Um, they, uh, they loved their role. They loved um, their leaders and their company. It was a total game changer. You talk to the C group, they're less productive. Uh, we estimated in some cases they were, they were one-third as productive as the A group, getting one-third as much accomplished. They had less satisfaction in their day, less pride, and uh, it, it was quite a game changer. So again, the winning leaders taught us knowledge gap must be identified and closed, importance gap identified and closed, action gap identified and closed. When you do those things, you move the team to action and you create winning results. So winning is really the combination of knowledge, importance, and action. Yeah, and one of the other things that they really taught us is really ownership. So who owns these different gaps? Oh, that's great. Yeah, I should have talked about that. So if you think about it, Let's talk about the knowledge gap first. If your team does not know what to do or how to do it, who owns that? You do as the leader. So the leader owns the knowledge gap. And again, the A leaders would not allow knowledge gaps in their team. One of their, one of their key behaviors was practice and feedback. So they would practice and feedback, practice and feedback with their team. And that's how uh, people learn, and that's how you truly close a knowledge gap. A knowledge gap is not about, oh, go watch that video, or read this chapter in this pamphlet. No, it's not about that at all. It's about really practicing and doing the role that you expect. I mean, it may start with a video, uh, but we, we saw the, the winning leaders in a totally different set of behaviors out on the, out on the sales floor, um, you know, in, in the back rooms, in the offices, you know, practice and feedback on the behavior they expect. And it's, it's a total game changer. Mm -hmm. So then if you look at the, who owns the importance gap, well, if your team doesn't know why what we do matters 
and doesn't know when it must be done, again, who owns that? You do. It's a leader issue. That's why when we changed the C leader and put in an A leader, the team became an A performer right there. Um, so the, the leader owns both the knowledge and the importance gap. The action gap's a bit different. Certainly the leader still owns it, but at that point you've really handed it off to your team. And there's a great deal of accountability that we found in, in the A teams. And it's even self-accountability. We saw underperformers on the A team get pushed out by the team themselves. Uh, it was not acceptable to underperform on those teams. It was sort of self-managed in many cases. So the, the team owns the action gap. I mean, you can, uh, you can only get them so far. So if you've closed the knowledge and importance gap, you've done a great job. Now the team must take action. Now, if they don't take action and you don't respond, with accountability, then you know you, you've created a, another gap, you know, for for yourself. But um, we, we found again, if you, if you just follow knowledge, importance, action sequentially, and create the environment where action is an expectation, it, it will come once you close that knowledge and importance gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and really, the the action gap it all comes down to the choice. You know, are we going to choose to take action? Yeah, yeah. And um, those that don't choose to take action don't last on an A team. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is that on a C team, they might make the team. Mm -hmm. So think about that, keeping someone who doesn't take action, doesn't take the right action. Right. And that leads, again, if you look back to the, to the performance metrics we talked about earlier, that leads to lower sales, lower profit, lower customer satisfaction, lower team satisfaction, because why would I be satisfied with a team around me that doesn't perform, and uh, lower productivity metrics. Mm -hmm. So everything drops in an environment where I don't have to perform. Right. Yeah, when you have somebody like that on your team, um, their performance really bleeds into the rest of the group. So even if it's a single person, everybody's watching each other, and if you have one person on your team that's underperforming, that's not being held accountable, that performance does tend to bleed into the, the rest of the group. One thing that we learned there that ties to what you described there, Brian, is that um, if you take the set of performance metrics that we just talked about and you look at um, which comes first, it's very interesting that the A group drives team satisfaction to its highest level. Team satisfaction is a big deal. That then drives the productivity metrics within the team. That then drives customer satisfaction. They're almost like a linear progression. They go together. High team satisfaction drives high customer satisfaction. That then drives sales, and that then drives profit. Mm -hmm. So it really does start with team satisfaction. And it's amazing how the A group, by closing knowledge, importance, and action gaps, creates satisfaction within the team. Yep. You know, it wasn't something we were looking for, but there it was. High team satisfaction scores correlated with the closure of knowledge, importance, and action gaps. And it makes sense once you're, once you're there, but if you haven't seen it before, it uh, wasn't something we were looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so why don't we walk through um, how to actually close these gaps. So, the, of course, the first step is being aware that there are gaps, and you know, winning leaders look for these all the time. They're constantly on the lookout, on the hunt for gaps, right? They're always looking for those. So, um, but then once they un understand that there is a gap, once they make that discovery, then they start applying what we call some root solutions to close those. 
Yeah, so there's gaps everywhere, to your point. That's, that's a great point. The key with the winning leaders is that they identify them and close them. They often identify them and close them before they occur. So they're closing gaps so they never happen. So it's not like winning leaders don't have gaps. They've got gaps. They're just better at identifying and closing them, and they're very much on purpose about that. Mm -hmm. And very proactive when they are launching new programs, new strategies. Um, they're very proactive with it. Well, that's a great point. So every time there's a new launch, you need to anticipate the gaps, close by role the knowledge, importance, and action gaps before they ever happen. Be proactive about it. Yeah, so I, we, let's talk about root solutions now. So th this is huge. So from the winning leaders, we learned three things that they did to close the knowledge gap, three things that they did to close the importance gap, and three things that they did to close the action gap, and we want to share those with you. So if you're taking notes, write these down. So on the knowledge gap, the three root solutions are training, teaching, and talent. So training's a no-brainer, uh, but we will tell you that the A group, through practice and feedback, trains at a much higher level than the C group. There, there, was, a, there was a huge differential there. They took training very seriously. They didn't compromise it. They didn't say, well, you're doing okay. Let's cut your training in half. They, they made sure that training took place because the knowledge gap, again, is uh, knowing what to do. It's closed by knowing what to do and how to do it. So training cannot be compromised. Teaching is a totally different thing. So one of the confusions we've found with people new to gapology is they would think training and teaching are the same. They're not the same. So what teaching means here is a root solution is that the winning leaders view their role as leaders, as teachers, and they are constantly teaching. When they do something, when they, when they do a process, they do it as a teaching process. So they, they bring others along and teach them. So they're constantly in the teaching mode and they're constantly in the practice and give feedback mode. And uh, that is a total game changer, you know, for the winning leaders, that teaching component. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I see uh, training as being a little bit more tactical, where teaching is a little bit more inspirational, motivational. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I usually like to think about it that, you know, when, whenever I've had like a really awesome teacher, a really great teacher, and, and everybody listening can, can picture somebody like that, I'm sure, um, that person was very different than a trainer. So that person was more inspirational. They, they moved you to take action versus just telling you to take action. Yeah, you, you know that a teacher cares about you. And that's one of the big differences is that it's, it feels different. It's personal. It's about me. Um, talent was the third root solution under, under the knowledge gap. So what we learned here from the winning leaders is that they don't compromise on talent. So they don't just hire talent externally. They own developing talent internally. And they understand that they own the development of, of talent. They have a huge impact on it. And they're all about it. So their teams were uh, much more likely to get promoted and move on to other roles. And they would have someone ready and uh, standing there to replace them. You know, so they were very good at succession planning. And talent was one of the key ingredients to their success. So for now, the, closing the knowledge gap, the root solutions are training, teaching, and talent. For the importance gap, the, these were fascinating. The three root solutions are expectations, prioritization, and communication. So 
expectations was the biggest one for me. I mean, it was amazing. So the winning leaders, the A group, their teams were very clear about the expectations. When you go to the C group, they were confused. So the gap here could not be wider. So we did this index card exercise, which we love to do. So we hand an index card to each of the members of the team. We say, write down the three things your, your leader expects of you. We hand that uh, index card to the leader and we have them write down what they expect of, of the team. And there was an 87% match in the A group. So the expectations to the, to the leader's card matched 87%. And in the C group, drum roll please. Guess what? Yeah, that was pretty good. Fourteen uh, percent. So eighty-seven to fourteen. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you're going to win the game at fourteen versus the other team at eighty-seven. It ain't going to happen. That's not a good score in football or basketball or baseball. That'd right. be bad. Right. So um, this was a key differentiator. It was just such an eye opener. Mm -hmm. So again, remember I said earlier that the winning leaders tended to have three expectations and that they were clear. The C group tended to have lots of expectations and or changing expectations. That's, that's what it, it creates. Mm -hmm. And 87 will win every day versus 14. Yeah, and you know, the interesting thing about expectations uh, that we found is that winning leaders don't just stop with um, telling people what to do. They set, a, they set a clear expectation. They say the words, these are my expectations. And then they, they look for really two key components of those expectations, right? They're looking for the results expectation. So this is what I, I expect you to achieve. But they also set the behavioral expectation as well. This is what I want you to achieve, but this is how I expect you to do it in order to achieve that. That's a great point. Every result expectation should have an equal behavioral expectation. And uh, that we learned that, you know, from the winning leaders. That was terrific. Yeah. So prioritization is, is simple. Uh, the A group knew what mattered and they knew how to prioritize. So because the expectations were clear, it sort of created this environment where prioritization was easy. Uh, when you slip to the C group and you find that the expectations are not clear, prioritization then becomes difficult. So uh, make sure your team is clear on your expectations and priorities and keep it narrow and that will clarify you know, what action needs to be taken. The third root solution again was communication. Winning leaders, the A group was very on purpose about communication. They communicated a lot, but it was on purpose. So they were very um, clear on their message and they were clear on the medium that they used to communicate. Uh, so if something was important, they might communicate it via you know, multiple uh, medium and uh, they would ensure that the team knew, that the team heard what they, what they thought, what they, what, what they said. So, they would measure, they, they, would, they would verify that the team heard the message. So communication was a vehicle used to create winning and to celebrate with the team. In the C group, it was sporadic and it, it varied um, and just wasn't consistent at all. Yeah, and, and, and the winning leaders definitely understood that the power of communication comes not in talking but in listening. You know, they're asking the right questions. They're getting two-way communication going so that the team's providing feedback so that the leader then can make the appropriate decisions to help move the team forward. All right, so the root solutions on the action gap were as follows. Accountability, commitment, and culture. Now, the action gap 
is the most difficult gap. So if you have issues here, um, these really really test your your metal as a as a leader. So accountability was a big deal. So I said earlier that these teams were somewhat self-accountable, and that was very true. Underperformance was not tolerated uh, within the A group by anyone, whether you're part of the team or you're part of the leadership. So the, the winning leaders here, the A group, had created an environment of accountability. And think how easy that is when the expectations are clear. Everyone knows what's expected, therefore accountability becomes much clearer as well. So that was a big deal. And it's not about an environment of fear, it's an environment of clarity. You know, we're here to win. <clears throat> they were very inspirational environments, uplifting environments, high energy environments, celebratory environments. Um, they, they weren't ruled by fear, but everyone knew they had to perform. Uh, and, and I don't know if you have anything to add on that, yeah. but it was significant. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the, uh, the teams become self-accountable. So they look at each other, they look at themselves. It's driven from within versus somebody always just telling them what to do. So the, the accountability comes from within. Yeah, in many cases we saw the uh, A leaders having the team interview people that were going to join the team. So the team would approve people that are coming yeah. out of the team. Yeah, it's important and, to have people that believe in the same things you believe in. Yeah, yeah. And you want to surround, you know, as a, as, a, as a team member there, you want to surround yourself with others that are committed to winning. Um, the, the second root solution was commitment. Uh, this is a big deal. So the teams measure the commitment of the leader. And when the leader's committed, the team's commitment is much easier. It comes from that. If the leader's not committed, the team won't be committed either. So we saw a huge contrast between the A group and the C group in the commitment of the leader. So, you know, practice what you preach, I think I've heard all my life. I think <laughs> right. that's really a big part of it. You know, the team watches the leader. They look up to the leader. So if the leader's committed, it's obvious. It's plain as day. Right. And when the leader's not committed, it's obvious as well. It's plain as day. So your commitment as a leader determines the commitment of your team. So if your team lacks commitment, go look in the mirror. Start there. Mm -hmm. It's about you. Right. You know, it's it. Yeah, and a fully committed team, they're not going to allow the, the uh, grudgingly compliant people to stay on the team. They're going to they're gonna hold those people accountable. Yeah, in the book we put in the commitment ladder, which is a great tool. So we don't have time to cover it today. We should probably do a podcast around yes, that one should. even. Uh, the third uh, root solution is culture. So the winning leaders had created a culture of winning. You have culture whether you want it or not. But if you're on purpose about creating a culture of winning, it becomes self-perpetuating. So a culture of low productivity and low celebration and lack of winning is what we saw in the C group. So they have a culture as well. So this is about a culture of winning. Uh, that sort of feeds off of itself. So we, we felt incredibly valued to even be in the, in the culture of those, of those A groups because they, they were fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was the kind of team you wanted to be part of. Yeah, it's the dream yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, saw, we saw young people join those teams and literally change their career path because of the leader and the, and the team. And, they, and they, they wanted to become part of that and stay part of that. Mm -hmm. And the tenure uh, 
you know, of the team was, was significant because of that as well. So those are the root solutions of the knowledge importance and action gaps. And that's how you identify and close those gaps. And that's what we learned from the winning leaders. Okay, so that was awesome. So what are your conclusions? What, what's really the bottom line with Gapology? Yeah, so there's, there's some big things here. Um, I think the first would be that the key to winning is closing the knowledge importance and action gaps. So if you're a leader out there and you have not been focused on that, this can be a total game changer for you. So go after the knowledge gaps first, simultaneous or right in behind it, the importance gaps, and then the action gaps. So literally go after those and it will change the performance of your team. So that, that, was, that was a big one. The second would be that we found that winning is a choice. We didn't really know that going in. I mean, that may sound dumb, but we, I don't think we knew that. So the, the, the A group, the A leaders were choosing to win. The C group was not. So if you want to win, go after the knowledge, importance, and action, gap, action gaps intentionally and close them. Uh, the third thing I would share is that winning is a skill. It can be learned. So if you find yourself today in that C group, you can change that today. You can change it today. We do these workshops, and um, we have had people on breaks from our workshop go out and get on, the phone, get on their phones and move the performance of their team during the break. You can do it. So if you're in the C group, you don't have to be there. If you want out, close the knowledge, importance, and action gap, and uh, you'll, you'll get out of there. Um, we saw many examples where the C group became A, and it, it was all about the leader. So if the leader uh, has A leader behaviors, let's say, uh, the team will become A. Uh, the leader really mattered most. So some, some cases we saw the C leader go away. When they were replaced with an A leader, the team became A. So it was never about the team. It was always about the leader. And the leader determined the course uh, for, for the team. Lastly, um, something to think about is the great performance of that top 10% outlier group is canceled. It's erased by the performance of the bottom 10% C group. So what you have to do is constantly move the C group up. They have to constantly get better in order to not cancel out the A. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, Gapology has been the greatest learning of our lives. Uh, we thank those winning leaders that helped us understand the knowledge, importance, and action gaps. And uh, we've already shared this with thousands of people and seen incredible results. We thought we would share it via this podcast. So I'll turn it to you, to Brian, to close this out. Yeah, so we took all of that learning and we compiled it into our first book, Gapology, How Winning Leaders Close Performance Gaps. It's available on Amazon.com. It's in hardcover. It's in uh, paperback, Kindle, iBooks. Go on there, pick one of those up. At Capology Institute, we also offer customized workshops designed specifically for your organization. We've worked with many organizations from retail, restaurant, banking, law firms, nonprofits, supply chain, etc. Capology really transcends industry and works wherever leaders and teams exist. Uh, you can find all of this information and more through our website, gapology.org. Go on and check those out. Uh, Mark, any final words? And again, the book we've written gives you a structure uh, to identify and close the gaps, and then it gives you a series of tools that you can use right away 
to become a winning leader. So thanks, everybody. This has been a production of Gapology Institute, LLC. Music by Jacob Lee Brockhoff. Visit us at gapology.org.